Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive or if you think like one and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Medcalf, founder of Xquadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve even more extraordinary results. Because no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So, if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. Today I talk with Frank Miller, who is the Chief Executive of CPI which is the Centre for Process Innovation, a UK-based technology innovation centre that really catalyzes different players to bring deep technology innovations to market. Frank's a really interesting person. He had a career in the military, in oil and gas. He then went into this role, and he's on a mission to create more of a goods-based, manufacturing, technology-driven economy to rejuvenate Uh, places that perhaps the Industrial Revolution passed through and in some senses is left behind on some levels. And he really shares a number of really interesting insights about his vision, his mission, how he mobilised his people around that, uh, how you create ecosystems, how you create a culture that uh, responds to challenge, that embraces challenge, and also how he needs to up-level personally and help the whole organization level up in order to have increasing impact and scale uh, beyond their current reach. It's a really interesting conversation. Frank's a really reflective person, gives really uh, clear insights. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Frank Miller. Well, hello, Frank, and welcome to the show. Hi, Richard. Good morning. Delighted to, uh, to be here. This is going to be uh, fun. I'm really curious to get to to find out what this mysterious organization is called CPI. It kind of sounds like it might be some kind of spy agency or uh, intergovernmental, I don't know, Mission Impossible kind of unit, but possibly it's not. So um, before we dive into, I know you're the chief executive, I know you're on this on a bit of a mission uh, as a result of this, but before we get into that, yeah, explain a little bit, what is CPI? Sure. Okay. Well, well, we are not the Consumer Prices Index. <laughs> Which, if you Google CPI, that's what you'll find. So you can come to that later. Um, we're a, a business. We we focus on um, disruptive, transformative, what I would call market creating deep tech innovation. Um, and just to just to uncouple that a little bit, we're talking about supporting companies of all sizes through what are medium and long term innovation cycles. So that's five to 15 years, typically. Mm. So these are long innovation cycles, where companies are bringing new concepts, you know, new processes, new products to market. And I would differentiate that from the incremental innovation that most companies are capable of doing in and of themselves. Right. So Um, so these these are kind of places, these are innovations where perhaps private investors are going to find that a long time frame for their payback, right? But there's a kind of market-defining technology shifts. Big different technology shifts. And and they tend to be from, um, you know, the way a system has developed or the way a product cycle has developed and then a recognition that there's a big disruption needed. Um, I'll give you an example. We did a lot of work in healthcare. Um, and very specifically in 
pharmaceutical manufacturing. And a few years ago, the pharmaceutical industry gathered in their sort of industry body and said, there's a way that we are conducting manufacturing, which we can see is not going to support the personalization of future pharmaceuticals. Mm. Um, And so we need to completely rethink our manufacturing technologies and our manufacturing processes. Now, you know, we've all learned through the pandemic how critical quality, safety, uh, regulatory compliances. So you can imagine in organizations like that, you don't just get to change things overnight. You have to go through a very considered and bringing new technology in is, is, a, is a carefully considered process. Um, so what we've been able to do is to gather that motivation in the industry and say, look, we're an organization that can combine your interests. We can use, you know, a genuine interest from the public sector to say it is in our interests to keep pharmaceutical manufacturing in this country, Hmm. um, you know, uh, adding value, you know, the contribution it makes to to employment, it makes to the economy. We don't want to see the UK lose that. We want to see that anchored in the UK. So let's work together. Let's form this innovation ecosystem, if you like, um, in order to transform and bring that level of innovation into that industry. Um, So here we are about five years later, um, having done a huge amount of work and, um, you know, with uh, um, a, a, an established way of working, we've got um, equipment now, we've got trained engineers and scientists, we've got industry aligned around a series of what we call grand challenges, the, the mm. big programs that they want to deliver. Um, and we now have a, a landscape in front of us that says we, we can now move into that implementation phase mm. and really transform the way that 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 industry will manufacture over the next 10, 15, 20 years. Right. Um, so this is really about aligning different players across the whole ecosystem. It's it, not just it's, an individual company who's got one individual technology. That's right. It's, actually... it's, it's very much about ecosystems. Um, and um, if, you, if, you, if you think about, you know, I've mentioned pharmaceutical manufacturing. If you think about, um, um, you know, what we need to do in, in terms of, working with supply chains to enable them to adopt more sustainable materials, processes, technologies in order to meet, you know, their scope three emissions uh, um, uh, regulation and and expectations, what their customers are demanding from them. Um, These are big long-term disruptions and they can only really be achieved with um, huge partnerships. And I think that's one of our, one of our particular skills is, is being, the, the the convener the, the neutral partner who can bring all of those the, that thinking and ideas together got it yeah fascinating so tell me about how you got involved in this because I, I know you have a, a personal background in the military and then in the oil and gas sector so how did you end up getting involved in the world of uh, business innovation uh, and deep tech uh, and possibly even more than the how did you get involved is why did you get involved <laughs> So the, the how is probably um, um, it, the how and the why are, are sort of. It, it, I, I'm not quite sure which came first, um, and they still sort of intersect with each other. Um, yes. I had had, as you say, I had a career in. in I'm an engineer by background, so I've always had a career in some form of, of technology or um, you know large 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 engineering projects, and I suppose I got to the point where. Um, you know, we were taking some of the technology that we had. I was working for a company in Manchester. 
we were taking that technology all over the world. Uh, and I was seeing it's, you know, you could, you could see it sunset was coming. Um, um, you know, we'd had it on patent for a long time. We, 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 we'd refreshed it, but the market had moved on and we were going to have to reinvent it. Um, and I, that, that it piqued my curiosity for what, who, do, who invents new technology? Where does it come from? Uh, having always been a user of it, not an inventor of it. Um, and via a slightly circuitous route, that took me to, to CPI. Um, and that's how I, I came to, to, to join CPI. Um, uh, I originally joined as the operations director and at a time when the business was scaling. So what I brought actually was, was more commercial skill and, and experience of working in, in a more sort of contracting environment. Um, and so, you know, that's what I think CPI needed from me. Uh, and I then, I think, grew to appreciate that this, this was the company that was going to provide the answers to that question, which is, where does new technology come from? Mm. And how do we scale it? How do, how do we take it to the point where a company like the one I've been working for could use it? Um, yeah. you know? So let me dive in. It's interesting. You, you came in with a, a more commercial aspect. And then obviously, a couple of years later, you were promoted to, to this chief executive role. Why? So what was what were they looking for? You know, what do they see in your particular profile, do you think, that they that made them think, oh, actually, we need Frank in this role? Um, I think I um I I brought a lot of um uh you know change management skills to the business and we were we were stepping into some pretty big programs. Mm. And um so I think I I I was able to sort of I think demonstrate that there's there's a, a, a generalist competence that, that's really needed in this role. Um, mm. We have 600 plus fantastic scientists, engineers, business professionals, incredible people. That's a big organization and, and there's a lot of leadership needed. There's a lot of generalist skill needed, probably balanced with the, you've got to be curious about the technology. You've got to love the technology. You've got to, you've got to be, immersed in the world that cpi works in and mm. i think it was probably i hope and i hope i still can demonstrate the ability to balance those two those two worlds if you like got it yeah so in a world where there's lots of technology competency they needed somebody to to bring the the change yeah bring the vision yeah. to change yeah. yeah the next the next i think you know the company's 20 years old in in, in you know in 2024 um you know, Nigel, my predecessor, had, had started the company, you know, so he'd taken it through this fantastic journey. Um, and of course, my job was then to take it, is to take it to the next, the next phase, uh, mm. the next stage of growth. Um, so it was a very logical point of, um, uh, of passing the baton, if you like, at that, mm. at that moment. And so it, just to kind of distill that down, so at this stage, having been obviously been involved in exploring this and getting into it, What's what's now your mission at this point, you know, in your career? You know, how do you how do you see that? Um, I mean, CPI fills um, you know it, it, it fills a fantastic purpose. Um, you know, we are here to help companies develop, prove, scale up, and commercialize technology. Um, our why is is the social and the economic consequences, the impact that we can deliver. So I very much committed 
CPI to the journey of a social enterprise um, and describe ourselves as a social enterprise. So for me, taking CPI to a scale where science and technology are seen as being a fundamental component of a fairer economy, um, you know, think of it as the next industrial revolution, if you like, um, you know, where science and technology are playing a role in that. And, and, and de- CPI is demonstrating how we do that in a really, you know, with a real social conscience. Um, and we are, we're really concerned for impact. We, we want to see how um, that, you know, I think about the places that we work, you know, we're, 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 we, grew, we grew up in Teesside, um, you know, on the back of ICI, you know, at one time, ICI employed 30,000 people in Teesside. Mm. Yeah, that's mind-blowing when you think about that now. Teesside's on a fantastic journey of rediscovery and reinvention. We work in Glasgow, where our medicines manufacturing uh, facility is, again, another great city around which the Industrial Revolution sort of grew. So for me, a lot of our purpose is, you know, these ecosystems are also about places. They're about people and and their experience of of work and, and, um, you know, bringing science and technology into those ecosystems and saying this is a really fantastic place for, for you to aspire to grow and to see that you can contribute to your own um, you know your own region so there's yeah. a lot of a, there's, there's a lot of i would call it um um you know a, a place-based um centra center to our thinking in in being able to demonstrate that impact yeah because you're building ecosystems and there's a yeah. big uh, mm. center to that i really yeah i really see that and so that's the cpi purpose and i think you've articulated it really really well and that you know it is exciting to be part of that how do you describe the personal mission that you're on as a business leader at this point? What's the legacy that you'd like to create? Um, I mean, I think it sits very clearly in that, in, you know, um, bringing that sort of, um, you know, that, that, that central um, social purpose, if you like. Um, and, you know, I'd like to look back in you know, however many years time and look at places like Teesside and Glasgow and, you know, parts of the Northwest. And, you know, having, you know, I, I started my industrial career in the shipyards of Newcastle. Mm. You know, you find yourself really rooted in the history and culture of, of, of our industrial development. And I'd like to look back and think I had a hand in the transition of that. You know, it's very clear that, you know, the digital world, you know, global economy, um, you know, we have to find a way of, I'd like to see the UK with a more goods-based economy, not just a, a, you know, a a better balance between goods and services. And I'd like to see that CPI under my leadership had a role in, in cementing that next industrial revolution in those places that, you know, very particularly I have benefited from the kind of career that those places have given me. Um, yeah. So there's a legacy of, 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 of passing, on, passing on the place in good shape or in, in, a, in, in better shape than you found it, if you like. Yeah. And, and I think CPI is a fantastic um, place for doing that. Yeah, brilliant. So I'm just going to ask you to kind of just think about that as you're on that mission. What are, what are perhaps, what are two things that energise and excite you 
at the moment, right? And, and drive you forward. And then what are two things that drain you, right? Slow you down, frustrate you? What, what, what's the highs and the lows at the moment for you? Um, I think one of, the, one of the highs at the moment is um, we are part of a national network, um, uh, an organization called the High Value Manufacturing Catapult. Um, and that was set up about 10 years ago. Um, and, and, and it was set up, if, if you're familiar with the Fraunhofer Institutes in Germany, um, you know, this idea of, of research translation. You know, we do great things in universities. We have fantastic research capability. How do we translate that? So the High Value Manufacturing Catapult was set up to, to really catalyze and accelerate that translation. And those who set it up, you know, so this is a 40-year mission, you know, 40 years to, to, to get this to the, to the scale. So that's the journey we're on. We're 10 years old, and it was about the 10-year point where we hit lockdown, you know, we hit um, mm. the pandemic and lockdown and everything else. So we all, we all, you know, did what we needed to do. But at the same time, I think we recognized a moment where we needed to redefine our purpose. We needed to be really, really clear 10 years in, what was the next 10 years going to look like and not drift into it. Right. Um, so we spent a lot of time. Again, one of the, the, the painful benefits of the pandemic was, you know, a group of CEOs being able to spend time together um, on Zoom, um, you know, and really work really intentionally, intensively together with a fantastic um, uh, um, consultancy, a company called Three Horizons, who, who helped us rethink our strategy. And we are now, you know, taking that strategy into action um, and working across UK manufacturing with government and looking at even bigger ecosystems um, to tackle things like net zero and really, really getting into what's the truth of the challenge that industry faces and, and what's our next 10 years mm. in really engaging that. And that is massively energizing um, to, to be in to be in a, you know working in a program of that scale. Um, so that, you know, that, that wraps in all of the capabilities that CPI has. It brings us into, into partnership with lots of other organizations. And it also now is, you know, it is concentrating itself into, you know, what I talked about before, there's this, this place-based agenda, you know, where you could see the power of that national capability mm. being focused on particular regions um, and being able to make a real difference in that. Um, so that that really does get you out of bed in the morning. That's that's a fantastic. It's yeah. it's it's you know it's 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 many of us won't see this journey through. You know, it's a but you feel yeah. like you're laying the road for um, yeah. you know, for what's possible next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, perhaps let's flip over because that's such a big one. I think it's great. We can, we can perhaps just leave it on that one. Well, what's, what's perhaps something that's that's a drain on you? You know, that you find more challenging at the moment. Um, I think I, I think I've always <clears throat> I've always hoped and I believe sort of um, behaved in a way where conflict is a source of, of creative energy. Um, mm. And so, you know, the skill of managing conflict, um, I think is a, is a real, it's a, it's a leadership um, trait that I think is, is, is hard earned. Um, so when I see conflicts sort of being wasted um, if you like, or when I see that it is it's conflict for the sake of win lose, um, um, you know, I, I find that just sucks the life out of me. Um, um, and it, it's finding the 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 energy to, to to step up and say, look, this conflict is, is we've got to find a useful way in here. It's it's not about being comfortable. It's not about agreeing. It's about saying, 
having differences of opinion is a really, really important feature in, in creation, innovation and, uh, um, you know, moving, moving the, the agenda forward. Um, I think a lot of our discourse in the public sector at the moment is obviously quite challenged by that. Um, and, um, and I just, you know, I, I, I suppose I, I find that it, it, it requires more energy as leaders to, to bring the counterpoint to that and to say, you know, almost park that. That's a, that's, that's not how we will, will, will progress. We will use our conflict well. Um, but, but the energy demand to get to that level is, is, is high. It's Richard here with just a quick interlude. If you're serious about multiplying your impact, I have a free resource that you won't want to miss. I've put together a short email course called Exponential Leadership Principles. In it, I set out how you can use the same strategies as some of the world's top leaders to get out of incremental progress and achieve breakthrough results. Be prepared to have your current thinking challenged and to learn some very new ways of leading. If you're interested in following along, simply sign up at xquadrant.com slash go slash exponential. Now back to the conversation. Yeah, we all need to reframe uh, those discussions, right? And to find a new way. When I'm working with people, I'm often saying, you know, if it's like an arm wrestle, right? You know, it's, you're really in a losing situation. And can you redefine it as a a triangle, I like to say, right? Rather than a lever, it's a triangle where both of you are observing this, this issue and kind of going, oh, look, we're conflict, you know, we're kind of having conflict around this issue. Like we don't quite agree. And yet we know that in some sense we're looking at, you know, we want the same same outcome. Yeah. You know, what do we make of that? How do we, Mm. you know, how are we going to move that forward? Mm. And, and starting to kind of co-create and, and, and collaborate even on the conflict itself like how do we actually overcome this conflict mm. <laughs> you know kind of taking mm. that meta level mm. to to kind of reflect on that and yeah I think, I think i think it's space since you can collaborate this it's, it's you know it's the it's the wisdom to acknowledge that it's there and to um to be able to put you know your your you know whatever's in the room is it an ego is it a is it a um, you know a, an, an immovable belief, whatever it is, to put those things to one side and say um, they're just real things, but 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 we have a responsibility um, as leaders, you know, to 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 set those aside and find a way in which you know we come out of this in in better shape. Um, yeah. um, some days it's easier than others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so Frank, yeah, I, I love this, I say that this mission that you're on and that, you know, you're so fired up about the, the 40 year, um, year vision, I suppose, right, to create this technology driven goods based economy and to revitalize that. Um, how do you mobilize people around that vision? You know, what's your role as chief executive or, you know, what do you find has been working where do you personally struggle sometimes you know what what comes up for you as i talk about that idea of of taking people on the journey and mm. I, I think i'm a great believer in the power of stories um um i i think i sort of i i, I find it easier to tell a story than i do to necessarily describe a strategy so 
so so I default to stories quite a lot. Um, um, actually, to the extent that I asked my, um, I have a fantastic, energizing, creative um, marketing communications team, and I said, look, can we? Can, how do we help everybody else? Um, um, you know, with the art of storytelling. So we've actually done a piece of work inside the company about storytelling. So I think the first thing is 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 you know have those stories because they are much more relatable than perhaps restating a, a particular you know maybe a, a restating a crafted vision it's 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 more in, it's more internalized mm. through the art you know through the lens of a story i think the other thing i find is that it, it's it, it's constant validation so it doesn't matter what you say it's what's played back to you that matters so so that the balance between speaking and listening and and really really hearing what's being played back when you've told a story or tried to um describe a vision you know describe the way that um you know we we want the company to to develop what's our destination um um you're constantly iterating with the 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 feedback loop um and i think really 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 paying attention to that um and I think having the humility to recognise that, you know, it, it, it's a it, it, it is a constant journey to 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 keep that sort of um, that, that sense of vision. Um, I, I also there's there's times also where I think to myself, you know what, don't, just just don't worry about the vision. It, the vision's a destination. Um, the culture is the journey. So spend time you know, really intentionally working on and thinking about culture, you will always have the vision in, in, in sight. It won't, it won't leave you. It won't vanish in the mist. It will always be there. Your culture is far more mercurial, I think, and, and needs, needs that sort of, um, needs, that, needs your attention. So mm. spend time there and, and trust that that will take you to the vision. Um, that's, that's a sort of a, um, something I find that, that is more, I find that more practical um uh as a as a as a, as a you know set of leadership actions yeah i know i love that because the vision is in the future right so actually mm. it's quite unactionable mm. in some sense yeah. whereas yeah the reality is you have people and they have to work together and align and that's all around culture right one of my phrases is worry a bit less about strategy plus execution uh and worry a bit more um about alignment and leadership mm. um because mm. those alignment of leadership is how you actually make strategy and execution a reality. Yeah, yeah, quite. Which speaks to your yeah. point around culture, obviously, because leadership yeah. and culture are so entwined. Well, hey, this is a really interesting conversation. I want to kind of move on perhaps to our quick fire questions. I'm always keen to kind of get under the surface uh, of, of leaders to find out what's kind of formed them or, or shaped them. So what's a favorite quote that you live by or that you bore all your team with on a regular basis? Um, so this is it's quite long, but um, I was reading a book um, uh, by a guy called uh, Vladimir Penyakov, um, a book called Popsky's Private Army. It's a, it's a yarn. It's a fascinating story about something that happened in the Second World War. But there's a, I, I took a photograph of this page and, and, and I keep it on my phone. Because I just think it's an absolutely fantastic description of um, um, leadership. Um, so here, here it goes. It goes like this. Um, he's talking about his, his immediate, you know, his immediate team, his immediate leadership team. And he says, I could open my heart to them both 
and yet lose none of my authority. I was thus spared the loneliness which induces a dangerous autocratic pig-headedness in so many commanders incapable of choosing outspoken confidence. With them, as by, with them, I was by no means always right. I could not take that acquiescence for granted, and I had to consider my decisions more carefully than if my orders had invariably been law. And I just found that paragraph, it's a, it's a long quote, but I just think that's absolutely brilliant summary of what it is to be a leader and to keep yourself in a place where you're just not comfortable. You know, you just just constantly have that. I go back to conflict, I go back to, you know, um, that, that sense of, of the, you know, the, the, the purpose is always going to be challenging you. Um, and to don't find yourself in a, in a place where the people around you make you feel comfortable. Um, they, 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 they should make you feel um, challenged. Um, so I, I love that quote about, you know, that team. Yeah, no, I, I love it. What came to me as you were speaking to that was this point around, I think it said opening your heart or some words to that effect, which is really interesting because uh, I think a lot of us, we can be very intellectual mm. And, mm. Uh, and, you know, hey, I, you know, studied at Oxford and became a strategy consultant and, you know, you had to be the smartest person in the room. Um and that was kind of, and a lot of people we find that that's how we build our careers is is by that side of things. But I, I really uh, have been learning myself and seeing in my clients <laughs> the power of actually opening up your heart as mm. well as bringing your intellectual firepower. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think that's actually a source of power uh, of, of impact that a lot of leaders haven't actually explored that much. It can mm. be very very analytical, and I think. Yeah when you actually share your heart it's it's a you know business business is a relational activity you know we 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 conduct it with people and and i think bringing the bringing the person into the into the room is 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 not um you know it, it is a good thing you know who we are what what what, what makes us what makes us tick you know um uh, i think that's a very important uh, trait in 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 business Thank you. What about a book? What's a book? Well, I guess this, this has been one book. Uh, is there another <laughs> yeah. book, a business book that's kind of influenced you and how you go about things? Um, um, I, I, I'm not a great student of business books, I have to say. Um, um, Might be another book. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a book I read recently. Um, it took a bit of getting through. It's quite a hard read. Uh, it's called The March of Folly um, uh, by an American historian, a lady called Barbara Tushman. Um, I think I've pronounced the surname correctly. Um, and that's, it's a really interesting book about um, um, this, this, this concept of wooden headedness, which is you, know, you can, you can create a policy and then you can get all of the signals that you could ever need that that policy was completely wrong. And yet you still persist in following that policy to, to your ultimate destruction. And she starts in the Trojan Wars and she works through the Renaissance popes and then into uh, um, you know, Britain and, and America, um, you know, in that sort of colonial period. And then she goes on to, to Vietnam. I, I would love her to write a sequel <laughs> because I think, I think we probably had a few years of some very interesting, yeah. um, you know, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, I mean, she's a fantastic um, historian and, but you just take so much from, mm. um, you know, from history. Um, and, yeah. that, and that then those those that it makes you realize that we reinvent our folly um, as frequently as we reinvent our wisdom. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah yeah it, it's interesting i've been doing quite a lot of um work recently on yeah on stress testing strategy because that again within business there's lots of plans that are written uh and get signed off and don't deliver right and yeah. often it's because they haven't actually undergone the the stress testing before people get you know, people are so much in a rush to get on and execute uh and make things happen mm. that so many plans have you know start off and crash and burn or die a, die a quiet death and i think yeah. more strategic and, and uh stress testing those plans is, is really really important which is kind of related to that topic i think yeah it is it is it's it's, 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 thing. it's it's the it's the it's the it's the validation through feedback as well you know it, you, mm. you, it's paying attention to that and and being able to put what you thought was the truth to one side when the evidence is that's not the truth. <laughs> yeah, and obviously in the military background, you know the whole red team idea, right? Of having you know conflicting. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. People, right, yeah. trying to yeah. actually uh, yeah. stress test these things. Great. Well, uh, one of the questions I'd like to ask, you know, is is really around um, who inspires you as a leader. You know, many of our best guests uh, on the show come from referrals. In fact, you know, I think you were <laughs> you came from that. that yeah. Yeah. Right? um from richard so i'm kind of curious you know who's an impactful ceo who you know that you know in you know in your world who inspires you uh again who might be a great guest or or, or somebody who's up to big things yeah i think i think somebody who would be fascinating to talk to is um scott white who is the ceo of a company called pragmatic um so we've worked with pragmatic for about 10 years now but scott has steered that company uh he's a very very experienced wise strategist um and he steered that company you know working in um a market that is is you know is is, is full of large um established players um and he's and he's and he's navigated this disruptive technology um to a point now where they are you know they really are on the cusp of of of, of a world scale operation um so i think scott's uh um i always learn something when i when i when i when i when i when i talk to scott i always take something away from that those meetings thinking wow i hadn't thought of that you know so he's a, he's a very inspirational individual yeah and that's influenced um, right and, and yeah when you yeah. when you go from meeting thinking that yeah. wow i had a new perspective there a new insight yeah uh, somebody yeah. once said um your influence is helping people to think differently you know mm. if you actually offer something which gets people to think differently mm. that's actually how how, you how change happens yeah yeah, change happens. yeah. yeah exactly yeah beautiful yeah. so no matter how much we've achieved there's always a next level to get to so where do you go from here as a business you know what cpi is next level what's going to make you know be your next wave of impact um, interesting. We've 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 spent um, probably the last six months or so just just working through our strategy again, and um, and looking at that next level. What does that what does that next level look like? Um, and I think we, what's what's helpful is it, it's I think it's validated to us that we are we're definitely on the right road. Um, I think it's scale. Um, I think I think to be able to operate in the way that we want to and I think what the economy needs from us particularly talking about those places I think we we need to develop a whole new range of of skills um to convene at an even greater level you know um a, a, you know a, a wider set of technologies a, a, 
a broader set of, of, of stakeholders. And I think that that you know, still with that social enterprise at our at our heart in our heart, there is a there's a new cohort of capability. I think that CPI is going to through a combination of growing and acquiring those skills um, to be able to to convene at a at a national level. Um, so you know, I see that that's a um, uh, that's our route to greater impact is is to is to really boost our capacity to convene. Um, with the same credibility that we've that we've built over the over the last you know sixteen seventeen years. And what will you have to do differently to multiply your impact as part of that growth? Um, it's 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 the tyranny of of you know am I busy doing the right things? <laughs> um, you know, any we can all be busy. It's it's the choices. I think it's looking at the diary, looking at the stakeholders, and thinking right. You know where where should I where should I be putting my time um, uh, and and where are the places where um, you know my thinking is 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 not challenged enough is not different enough who should I be spending time with um, who wouldn't naturally fall out of the you know the the, the sort of the um, the pattern of of, of of the week to week and the month to month you know business. So, I think it's finding those places for different and more challenging conversations, mm. um, you know, and 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 finding those within the, the stakeholders that I think are going to be really meaningful. I mean, we're doing a lot more work with the investment community now than we we we, we did say three or four years ago, um, and you know, just from some of the time I've spent with investors, I can see that they. You know they are extremely, um, you know, focused and motivated, mm. um, and and you know sometimes finding the the, the complementary elements of that motivation, but also recognizing the differences in those motivations. Um, you know, I can often go into a meeting thinking I think these are a great set of ideas, um, and find that they will say no. Every single one of those ideas is absolutely rubbish. Um, these are a better set of ideas, right. and, and so you think, "Wow, that's a really, really interesting, you know, completely different set of views." Yeah. Because because what they're looking for is 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 I have interpreted uh, as different from 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 what I'm trying to gain from that you know that sort of that relationship or that opportunity. Um, so I think spending time with people like that will will lift my head. And, and elevate my thinking to say, look, to, to, to go to this next scale, there's a there's a wider group of stakeholders and a different um, uh, different set of thinking that we will need. Yeah, that's what I was really thinking actually during our conversation. Coming, what was coming up for me was who are the you know who are the, which are the phone calls that you're afraid to make right now mm. right mm. or that feel a bit edgy right that feel you don't quite have the credibility or but what are you going to say to these people but normally it's that i always like to say that what's the phone call that's going to change everything mm. rooms that you need to be in because you have a clear mission you have a an engine that's delivering that i'm sure there's always tweaks and upgrades you need to make on on, on how you're doing things but yeah in kind of creating more and more powerful ecosystems i think you're right you've nailed some some great points there like how do you challenge your own thinking how do you um yeah up level where you're focusing and and the relationships you, you you're with i think um i think it's great for all of us actually to ask that i mean it's why 
you know, I always say, you know, who are the community, you know, what are the communities that you're part of? What are the conversations you're part of? Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you put your attention in the day? And, uh, um, and yeah, who is it who's really speaking to you the unvarnished truth? Because yes, yeah, that's right. It's never always so easy to yeah. have yeah, conversations that are not, not challenging in the way that you need yeah. them. Yeah. So yeah. fascinating stuff well hey thank, thank you for, for this this great discussion if people want to find more out about you or about uh, cpi how do they do that um, i think just just head for the website um but i'll give you the the, the website because it's because it's not just cpi.com <laughs> so it's um uh, www.uk-cpi.com um and you know that's our our, our, our go-to place we're on linkedin twitter etc cetera, etc cetera. but um if you want to find out um, about cpi that's the place to start yeah perfect perfect hey well frank thank you again i think we've, we've really looked covered a lot of ground today i mean we, we've covered um well i'm just thinking you know we, we covered this whole mission in terms of being a goods-based economy this place this focus on place and how perhaps that gets overlooked very often in in our current uh, mindset uh we've we've talked about that power of conflict and, and and how you adjust that we've we've looked about you know how actually science stories are better ways of getting to strategy than actually talking about the abstract uh principle yeah. strategy talked about how culture is perhaps the vehicle to get to, to get to the destination of vision um and then we've spent a bit of time here i think talking a lot around um yeah around how do you up level the conversations as you want to build bigger and bigger ecosystems uh, and be in more impactful rooms, if you like. So I think these are all fantastic uh, insights from our conversation. So I just want to th- say thank you for the time and look forward to hearing it, hearing from you as you continue the journey and uh, d- deliver on that 40-year vision. Fantastic. Thanks, Richard. Thanks a lot, Frank. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, Who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.